I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes, man. Like, that guy is ridiculous. The GOAT retired. LeBron James, all-time leading scorer, arguably the greatest player of all time. To need him to be 100% and to feel like my head coach is supposed to be behind me 100%. As a fan, obviously you don't want to lose. Yeah, I don't think people really give UFC fighters a lot of credit for cutting weight and then going out there to put on a fight. I've been looking on Facebook and Instagram, and I've been seeing a lot of pictures of this gentleman. We're here, dude. We are in the phases of training camp. NFL season is here, baby. officially underway for most of us. But we're going to go over some little bit of breaking news. Uh, Kyle, you got, I know you have the John Ross story. Um, but really just an overview of kind of why players call it a career early in the NFL. Because you look at other sports, basketball, baseball, even hockey, a lot of these guys, they they kind of play out, right? They they play for multiple years, like 15, hell, even 20 years. But the NFL is a little bit of a different story. So I'm going to have you start off with that John Ross story. Yeah, John Ross, um, he came out of Washington College. There was a lot of hype around him. He ran the fastest 40. He was a speedy route receiver, like I said, a lot of hype coming out of him. And then he just battled with the injuries his entire career. He torn his ACL and his labrum, could never really stay healthy. He played five seasons in the NFL. I mean, he had 62 receptions, 11 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards. But he could just never stay on the field. And I guess no teams were really reaching out to be like, hey, we know what you could do. You just have to stay healthy, so he called it quits. I believe he he's young, dude. I think he's like 27. I no. mean, you just said, what, five years in the league? Yeah. And, and Yeah, he, yeah, he's 27. 27. I, you said so he, he, uh, like, he held out in 2022. Yeah, he, um, he was injured, so he set out that season to kind of just – get his leg right, kind of train, get back into the swing of things. And then I guess after that, you just called it quits. Right. But injuries as a whole is just a very scary, scary thing. And now I think we're, we're seeing players retire earlier and earlier and earlier. And I think I, I don't want to pinpoint a time period where this started, but it has definitely been recently. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the first guy to really open everybody's eyes was 49ers uh, linebacker Chris Borland. And, man, he he finished his rookie year. And, obviously, you know San Francisco. They have a good defense. They have good schemes over there. But finished his rookie season, and he called it quits after that. So the the reasoning was, you know, he had concerns about long-term health and, you know, the head trauma and stuff. But I know concussions are, are bulking up. Here in the NFL, I mean, they're really cracking down. If you haven't seen the movie con- uh, about concussions in the NFL, it's a great movie. Um, it know, is a great really, movie. really explains a lot. So, I mean, Kyle, what, what are your thoughts? Why are players retiring earlier and earlier? 
Um, it's it also depends on the position. Like quarterbacks, I mean, yeah, they get sacked and they get hit hard, but we see quarterbacks stay in the league for a long time. It's mainly offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running backs, and linebackers. They're constantly just hitting each other and hitting their heads. So Chris Borland, I mean, it's his decision. And we've seen, it's sad to say, but we've seen some great offensive linemen and players. They have such bad CTE, they just end up killing themselves because it's just, it's that bad. So, I mean, he's taken the right route. I mean, if I was him, I would have played a little bit longer. 24 is super young. But he was playing for a great team. Like you said, the 49ers, they have a great team. They have a great scheme. But, I mean, I can't say that I disagree with the decision. Like, if you're concerned about your your health and concussions and stuff, just hang it up. I mean, it's not worth it If in your eyes. I mean. Right. Who else? Because we, we talked a little bit before this, and I know you have that list of players. Can you just go down that list of – players who retired super super young i guess you would say yeah uh tampa bay buccaneers offensive lineman ali marpet retired he was 28 um played seven seasons he was a pro bowler and won a super bowl with them another big one andrew luck he was 29 that was very surprising and we're going to get into the fantasy stuff after you know later in the episode yeah. but that was a and, Andrew Luck was a big one. Uh, there's some old players, but I'm going to do people that are kind of like somewhat newer. Um, Calvin Johnson's another big one. He was 30 when he retired. Uh, Luke Keekley. I completely forgot that he retired for some reason. He was 28 when he – well, I think he's one of the best linebackers we've seen in years. And just for him to hang it up, like just – I don't know, that was surprising. Barry Sanders – he was 31. He he just rushed for 2,000 yards and then called it quits. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick Willis, another great linebacker, calling it quits. Yeah, and these guys are all, I believe, under 31, which is just huge, man. And then recently, mm-hmm. obviously, more breaking news. Uh, Joe Burrow, calf, uh, a calf injury. He's going to be out several weeks. You, you go down to uh, South Florida and you see Jalen Ramsey. And these are impact players, right? Like, these are players that and, – and, and the thing with Burrow is people – he already tore his ACL. He already uh-huh. tore his ACL in his first year, had a great second and third year, and now he's going into year four, and he's got this injury. So the Bengals are a very interesting – interesting story here because what are they going to do when Joe Burrow comes back? Is he going to be the same? I mean, seems like the ACL didn't really affect him. What? I don't know. I, I think Joe Burrow has such a great mentality and he's a really good football player. I don't think this is going to affect his game at all. I think he's going to take, what is he out for? Like four to six weeks? Several weeks. I saw several. Several. Okay. Well, well, however long he's out, he's going to do what he needs to do to be game ready. And when he comes back out, I think it's going to be the same Joe Burrow we've always seen, maybe even better. That's just Joe Burrow's mentality. Tours ACL, what, his rookie season, and, it, I mean, everybody was like, damn, like, I really want to see him play. Then he comes out and has a great year. 
it's just all up to Trevor Simeon right now, the backup quarterback. Like, this, this is Joe's team, and a lot of hype is around this team. They have a good defense, some weapons on offense. Like, Trevor, you have to put us in a good position to still compete for the playoffs. Right. Like, you, you got to win games, dude. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, Joe's going to be good, but all the pressure's on Trevor. Right. What about Jalen Ramsey? I mean, this is a guy they brought in. Huge contract. It was huge. Like like a lot of a lot of controversy over him. Where where was he going to go in the offseason? Decides to go to Miami. I mean, they've got a great roster. They've got a great. They've had an electric offense. They probably got the fastest offense in the league. You got two of throwing the ball. They've got a great running back uh, core, and they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Doesn't get much faster than that. And then yeah. you, on the other side of the ball, you have X, you have Z, uh, Xavier Howard at corner, and then you you go out and get a guy like Jalen Jalen Ramsey. Now I'm not sure what his injury status is. Um, I know he was carted off in the training camp, but depending on his injury, I mean, what what effect does he have on this on their season coming up? I think this is different. I think the Dolphins would would be just fine without Jalen Ramsey. I mean, maybe it's just me, but watching Jalen this last season, bro, he was getting cooked left and right. Mm-hmm. Like, he was getting embarrassed on every aspect of the game. You have X. You have uh, Javion uh, Hollins. You have a great defense. I think they'll be fine without him. When they get him back, they'll be even better. So, I think this doesn't affect the Dolphins as much as the Bengals losing Burrow. I think they'll be fine. Right, and obviously this is – training camp just started. Yeah. We still have five or six weeks, well over a month before the NFL season starts. So, look, if you're going to get injured, I mean, I think this is the right time to get injured, and I hate to say it like that, but it's not like we are one week away from the season, third week of the preseason, and somebody goes down with an ACL tear. However, with that being said, it's it's still it's still going to cost you. You don't know what the recovery process is going to be like. Um, so yeah, I mean injuries, man. It's just it really kills team. Now I know you talking about the Calvin Johnson and the Barry Sanders. That was a little bit of a different scenario. Yeah. Um. Like I don't know what what do you have anything on that? I mean, from what, like, both of us are football fans, and both of us probably know, like, dude, both of them were at the top of their game. They were, I mean, Megatron, bro, he was a guy where it was just throwed up in the air and Megatron's getting it. And Barry, he would just run circles around everybody. One of the greatest running backs we've seen, and they were tied at the top of their game just for their health, their they gave it a couple seasons, probably five to ten seasons, and they're like, hey, I'm not winning a Super Bowl here. I don't want to risk my body every season just constantly getting hit in the head, dealing with foot injuries, concussions. Just, I'm not I'm not with that. I made my money. I've competed. I've shown why I could be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to retire. Right. But for me – I look at guys, so Megatron was a receiver, obviously, one of the greatest of all time. I look at guys now, like Julio Jones. Uh, He's well out of the league, and I hate bringing him up, but Antonio Brown. 
<laughs> right? Like guys who I thought were going to continue to be great at a high level, even regardless of the team they were on. Mm-hmm. But can you really – I mean, look, look at him now. Look, Julio Jones, his best days are behind him. Antonio Brown, he can't even find a team, right? And obviously that's, that, that's for other reasons. But a lot of these stars in the league, I, I don't think Megatron – I think he definitely had like four or five years left of his dominance. Oh, yeah. But like, man, I, like those two that I just said, like they were at the top of, their, of the league for a lot of years. And a lot of people expected them to still be good even today. Maybe not as good, but – they 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 kind of hit that train like fast that that their their mountain fell pr- pretty hard i don't know it's and it's different cuz like i said earlier majority of these guys that are retiring early they're constantly getting hit and we've seen what like cte overtime does to people like antonio brown I think when he got hit by Vontez Perfect, that was like his CTE moment. I I personally think that like changed just getting his lights cut out. He gets up, does AB things like, dude, you can't no normal person like does that. So like CTE, it's just like the, the skill positions are some of them and people that are constantly getting hit i think taylor lewan i think he retired i, I believe so he was uh he was i think a, a left guard a, or a left he was a left left, left, tackle left tackle for the um for the titans right like he said the same thing he's like i'm constantly blocking and hitting heads and going home to my family i'm just dealing with concussions all the time like i don't i don't want to deal with that mm-hmm. and it, like, is, it, it sucks man because these guys like the NFL is is the end goal for most of these guys. Like yeah. if, you, if you compete, you're competing at the highest level with the greatest athletes on the world, and it's sad because they get all the way here. And it's like, man, this is this is not what I want to do. My my body's not healthy, and we all know. I mean, professional athletes don't live as long as as the normal human being, mm-hmm. and a lot of the you know a lot of them. Uh, Ken Stabler quarterback for the Oakland Raiders he actually donated I believe it was his brain to science after and then they studied it and that that that's where that's where most of the concussion surveys and research and statistics all came out right it was it was his mind that was like you know very you know they studied it and that was a long time ago now they've got all this technology in the world to study everything that's yeah, I didn't know it was Ken Stabler. I thought it was a, a center from the Steelers. Mike Webster, maybe? That donated his, his brain? I don't know if he donated his brain, but I, that's pretty cool, though, that... um, Yeah, it was Mike Webster, the brain that sparked the NFL's concussion crisis. Okay, I'm sorry. No, but I, th- I think you're right, though. Like, Ken Stabler did donate his brain. Uh, I got I got an article right here. Uh, Oakland Raiders, George Atkinson, George Bueller, and Art Tom, uh, Toms said that they will donate their brains to the Concussion Legacy Foundation in honor of friend and former Raiders quarterback Ken Stabler. Because Ken Stabler, 
was diagnosed with CTE. And I don't know if that was the first or anything. What what do you have something on Mike Webster? Yeah, I was reading about um Ken Staler too, but I have it pulled up. I could get it right here. Um the brain that sparked the NFL's concussion crisis. Dude, he had a great player, nine-time Pro Bowler, four Super Bowl rings. Like he was playing with the like the the steel curtain uh Steelers, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Um he was lethargic, he forgot to eat, he peed in his oven, he frightened his wife and kids. Just like I'm reading all this stuff and it's just screaming CTE. Right. Like, he had to tase himself so he could get some sleep. And when did he, he would, when did he donate his brain? Do you know? 50. When he died. And do you Damn, know? He do, died at 50. Do you know what year that was? Because Ken Stabler, Ken Stabler, passed away at sixty nine, so a little bit longer of a uh, of a life. But you know he had he had his battle with cancer, and you know he was one of the best quarterbacks in Raiders franchise history. But his family, yeah. his family was the one who donated his brain, and that was in twenty fifteen. Yeah, Webster died in 2002 with a heart attack. Okay, wow. So well, well before. Yeah. Two, two, yeah I okay. guess it, it took a couple of years. Um, yeah, so that's to, what sparked it for, for the CTE results and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Stabler, but Stabler was the first quarterback, which obviously those are two different positions, right? You have a center. That guy's in the trenches all the time getting hits. He is, you know, the quarterback of the offensive line, as some say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just reading more about this, I mean, maybe I'm I'm tripping, but wasn't um the concussion movie wasn't uh Will Smith the doctor like talking about Mike Webster's brain? I don't know if it was. was I don't know if it was about Mike Webster. It probably was. Now that you say that. But yeah, Will Will Smith was the doctor. Uh, yeah, yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. So again, no, but, great movie. If if people listen and you have, yeah, it is Mike Webster. Yeah. Let's go. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a great movie. It is. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years. Twenty fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. But great movie. Watch it when you can. Um. Yeah, dude, it's – but the thing with the NFL now is they're taking precaution. You know, they have the new helmets, mm-hmm. the little thing on the front. Right. But last year, I don't know, it was just maybe me, but I still saw a lot of concussions. Yeah, and now I, I know, I know. Uh, Cowboys outside linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, or linebacker, they kind of play him at a lot of positions. But he wears, like, the neck brace. It's like a big neck yeah. brace and stuff. And I I believe that's – he's had a lot of neck injuries. But I want to say it helps. Um, I, I know there is some type of equipment that players wear to keep their, like, vertebrae 
in line, and I don't know if that has anything to do with the head or the concussions or anything, but I, I think they're trying their best to keep it a safe game. But at the end of the day, it's not a safe game. It's not a safe game to play. Yeah, it, it, it's not. But, like, last year, dude, I mean, I remember it was Jags, Chiefs, and um, Cisco was just lighting up those Chiefs receivers. I think he put Juju out for a couple weeks with a concussion. He was just, like, killing them all over the field. And then I believe it was that garbage Thursday night game, Broncos-Colts. Oh, the all-field goal games? The all-field goal games. And I I think it was literally one of the first play of the game. uh, Was it Naheem Hines? He yep. ran it to mm-hmm. the left, and I mean, it was it was a clean hit. Like he just kind of just got hit pretty hard, and he gets up and he's just wobbling. Like he's just he's drunk, pretty much. So then they're like, "Oh, this dude's toast!" Like take him out. But I don't know. And Tua last year, Tua was getting slung around, but I think that's more of Tua's fault more than anything. I hate to say that, but he's not learning how to take a fall. He's just like kind of like slinging his head back and forth, and I don't know. That's just me personally. And it, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to even mention Demar Hamlin's name. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this guy literally died on the field, and for about ten, twelve minutes, we didn't know what was going to happen to him. Yeah. And going back to the Tua thing, like a lot of people were pointing at the doctors for making that mistake, but no, I, I completely agree with you. I think Tua, he's a competitor, man. He went to Alabama. Like, this guy this guy loves to compete, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty much his entire life. So getting back on the field was probably his number one intention. And unfortunately, you know, these guys, I feel like they just need to take a step back and look around. All right, I, I could die out here now. Like, they, there is evidence. There is a player who has died – on the field, on television, in front of the entire world. And thank God he was revived and brought back to life. But For the Bills medical staff. Right. Or they, they've been winning awards left and right because they literally saved his life. Yeah. They, they saved his life. But I, the NFL, they're trying to make strides to become a safer game. Like, like we talked about, they have the helmets. Players are wearing the neck pads. But it's still football. Like, you're still going to get hit, and you're still going to get injured. But compared to the game 15, 20 years ago, like, watching, like, the biggest hits from back then, dude, like, those players – the players today will literally die if they got hit like that. Yeah. Like, it, it, I don't understand, but – I mean, the NFL could do a couple more things to keep the game safer. I mean, it has nothing to really do with the concussion protocol, but they changed the Pro Bowl to two-hand touch or flag football. Is that permanent? Was that just like a one-time thing? Uh, I think they're going to try and do it. They call it the Pro Bowl games now. I mean, they, they took out the whole game of it. Now they just play stupid games around and run around and I don't know. By the way, that is uh, that will that will be in Orlando in 2024. Yeah, it, it will be in Orlando. Um, no, like uh, with that, I get it. 
like a little bit because the players they played all season long they're tired they kind of just want to relax but if you're gonna put on the pads and the helmet don't half ass like it was just for the all-star game and the pro bowl are the two or WNBA all-star game are the two most boring all-star games NBA and WNBA Oh, so I didn't mean to say WNBA, NBA and NFL. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no shade towards WNBA. They do great things over there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but there's no defense played. No defense played. It's all. It's just pickup basketball. If I want to do that, I'll go to. You know, go down the street. I'll go and see you know a bunch of kids playing pickup basketball, shooting around. On the blacktop or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in, it, it's it's a whole bunch of stuff that these guys have to pay attention to, and I just, I don't know, I I don't know if I could do it, but at least the NFL is making the effort. Yeah, they're they're making like I've been saying, they're making strides to be a, a safer game. But what else do you think they could do to make football safer? Like like we said, they made the helmets, they got the net pads. What else could they do to make the game a little bit safer? I mean, I think the only thing they could do is probably crack down on the rule book. Um, I do know, I remember Ohio State versus Clemson a few years ago. Uh, I forget his name, but the uh, linebacker for Clemson went Yeah, the big neck pad. He, yeah, number had, 10, yep, I think, yep, or number he had, 11. Yeah, he had the big yeah, neck pad. Yeah, yeah. And he had – he went up – and Justin Fields was the quarterback for Ohio State at the time. And he went for a tackle, and he kind of put his head down, and it was almost like a like a bowl tackle. You know how, you know how like, a bowl runs with his head down and just, like – Yeah. That's honestly how, how I saw it. And that was an automatic ejection. And a lot of people were arguing, oh, it's not that big of a deal – he shouldn't have been ejected. He should have been ejected. I, I was watching that game. That was the 2020 season, and that's when uh, Ohio State just torched Clemson. I mean, y'all torched them. And the thing with that was Justin Fields, his back was turned to him. Right. So th- it just made it even worse. I mean, yeah, it, it was almost like a blind hit. Yeah. But I think I think the NFL, they are doing a good job. Uh, I believe it's two personal fouls for an ejection in the NFL, uh, but I, it's hard, right? Because there, there's a lot of controversy. If it's my team, I want two personal fouls. If it's the other team, I'm probably only going to want one personal foul for me to get ejected, <laughs> right? I mean that. It, I think that's how a lot of uh, a lot of people are. Yeah. It's very hard yeah. to be as you know unbiased as you can, but I feel like if it's one, if it's one personal foul for everybody. I don't think I don't think you can really argue it. So I think I think that's the best way they can go is analyzing the rule book and going over and kind of just like either taking out or slipping extra rules in there to make the game as safe as they can. Yeah, I think um well uh I saw a clip it was Big Ben and he was talking about, I think it was uh, Deshaun Watson's like first couple of games back after his suspension. And he was rolling out 
and I think it was like Cameron Hayward or some defensive lineman or defensive tackle for the Steelers, like grabbed his face mask and like pulled it down like that. Mm-hmm. And no flag was called. But the next play, clean sack, wrapped him up, didn't slam him, just tackled him. Flag every time. Flag every time. Like, if they, like, targeting, I feel like they could change, like, the law book for targeting uh, a little bit more. Maybe, what is it, 15 yards, 20 yards, something like that for targeting? Yeah, and an automatic first down. Yeah, so I think they could make it a little bit more, like, Maybe add a few more yards and just yeah to keep the first down. Or maybe maybe the player but, has to sit out for like two or three plays. I mean that usually does happen. Right. Like they like usually when there's a target they do pull the player regardless. Yeah. But I do like that low like that the mandatory have to pull the player for three to four plays. Um, just stuff like that. Like the NFL could do a lot of things to keep the players safer, but the art of football will never go away. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, because you're never going to please everybody. And the more the NFL does, as much as we want it to be a safe game, I also want an entertaining game. I, I like when, when my players get a big hit, you know, when they get a big hit stick and the other team fumbles. And that's usually what happens. If a guy gets hit very hard, the probability of him losing the football and the other, him, fumbling it and the other team picking it up is pretty high compared yeah. to a strip or whatever. So you're never going to please anybody with with stuff like this, especially trying to be player safety because they like you said they want it to be competitive. They want it to it, it is an aggressive game at the end of the day. It's an aggressive game. Guy It's a man's game. 11 versus 11. They are going neck and neck. These guys literally they they want to beat each other. And a lot of them are kind of just insane, man. I mean, you hear the stories of guys back in the day literally wanting just to kill everybody when they go out there. Yeah. And uh, a, gr- a great player, sorry for cutting you off, is Bill Romanowski. Have you ever read the stories about Bill and stuff like that? Yep. Like That's actually who, was, who I was referring to. Yeah, no, he was a psychopath. Like, um, I actually had, like, a personal story um, – when I was little, I used to hunt a lot, and I went to a hunting camp in South Georgia, where I'm from, and there was an ex-NFL player on our hunting club. His name was, uh, like, Corey Holsey. I mean, he didn't play a lot, but shout out, Corey. You're the man. And I was talking to him, and I was like, give me, like, a funny uh, training camp story. He's like, um, he was on the 49ers, I think, or... Bill played for a lot of teams. He played for the Raiders. No, it was the Raiders. He was on the Raiders. And they're in training camp. No pads, no nothing. Just kind of going through the motions. And Bill just runs through the line and clotheslines the quarterback. Get into a fight. Punches this dude in the face. Like, broke his eye socket. Cracked a few teeth. Ended the guy's career. The dude sued, ended his career. He got into a scuffle with Jerry Rice in training camp. Like, like you said, these players are just, like, they have to be insane to put on the pads and mm-hmm. go out there, play 11 v. 11. It, it's a man's game. Like, you can't 
escape the nature of football. Like, you have to go out there. You're going to get hit. You have to score. Like, it's just the nature of the game. But, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what else the NFL could do and just all that stuff. I mean, Roger Goodell, I think he's a – I don't even know about him being a commissioner. He's kind of iffy. But they, uh, a lot of stuff could be done to keep the players safe and still keep the nature of the game. But, I mean, I don't even know. It's football. All right, well, let's pivot to uh, to fantasy because right. I know um, I've got my draft coming up uh, sometime in August. But usually, depending on people's schedules, they do it earlier in the year. They do it late July, right around when training camp starts. Some people do mid-August, late August. Hell, some people do it like the day before the NFL season. Um, how do you think uh, injuries impact uh, the fantasy world? Would Joe Burrow, um, if you draft him, I think he's going to come out firing. But if a running back or a wide receiver, it kind of depends on the injury, they're going to take it slow. They're probably not going to be producing as well the first couple weeks. So as a fan, as you draft that guy in fantasy, you're going to get frustrated and you might bench him. But I think for different positions, it's going to take like a longer time for them to like get up and going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Joe Burrow coming back from injury, he has to go out and start just throwing the ball all, all over the place and making plays and being Joe Burrow. But if, say, Tyreek Hill got injured, he messed up his foot, his first game back, he's not going to be out there running streaks down the sideline. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it just really depends on the position, I think. Yeah, but I think really any position – kind of throws off the momentum now yeah fantasy is a strange game right there are a lot of players that step up when the number one guy goes down (laughs) right we we don't know i mean we don't know if like trevor simeon hell it's i i don't want to say it's going to be a bad pick because he has jamar chase he's got t higgins he's got tyler boyd he has joe mixon in that backfield that is a star-studded team all the way around on that offense but how are they going to work without their commander, right? Defense for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, like you, I, I like how you pointed out. They have other players that can do it, and especially based on Jalen's season last year, I think they have the capability to, to still be a productive defense. But big names that go down, man. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a big one. He's always a little bit of injury prone. Always need to watch out there. Saquon Barkley just finished his first full season in since his rookie year, I believe. And I, I don't even think he played a full season last year. I think he missed one or two games. But injuries are just huge, man. It ruins momentum. And for fantasy teams, I mean, it's huge. If you're not paying attention every single week in your fantasy football league, you're not doing it right. Because yeah. if a guy goes down or – let's say a suspension, or they just take him out of the game. You have to be on there, and you have to be able to pick up the, the next best available or the next guy up, whatever. So mm-hmm. for fantasy football, I just think it's very interesting. I definitely would recommend you know having those drafts later, later in August, maybe even early September if you want. But 
I don't know. What, 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 what do you think the impacts of star players in fantasy football would be? It would be, it would be a lot because, like you said, hell, we don't know if Tre- Trevor Simeon could go out there and lead this team to 7-0 and when Joe comes back. Like, we, we don't know. But it's just it really depends on the player. Like Jalen Dolphins will be will be fine. Saquon, that's a different story. I mean, yes, we haven't seen him play a full season in a couple of years, but he's a big piece of that Giants offense. And I think when or not so Saquon, who who else has been CMC, that's another good one. Like He's kind of iffy, and Jonathan Taylor, too. Yep. He had a terrible fantasy year last year, and I remember seeing all over social media, everybody was like, that's the number one pick. That's the guy. Like, he's on a trash Colts team. It's him and Michael Pittman. Like, that's – those are the weapons. Draft him, and then – I didn't play fantasy last year. From what I've seen – he was pretty terrible. It I mean, was, he had good weeks here and there. For but as much hype as they said to take him first overall, he did not live up to those expectations. That That's what I was thinking. So, and it also depends when you do your draft. Like you said, if you do it early, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because if you do it now, like Joe's probably going to be ready around the start of the season. He'll probably miss two to four weeks somewhere in there, maybe, maybe more. But, I mean, I, I think if you want to roll the dice, then go for it. Like, right. yeah, go for it. Joe Burrow's a hell of a player. But if, and if I'm drafting, I'm, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to rely more on my running backs and wide receivers to do something if quarterbacks are, are injured. Or if I get Joe or whoever, just really rely on my my other pieces. I think quarterback's a big position because you can't really go to the backup quarterback for fantasy-wise. Yeah. Whereas for a running back or receiver, that's where it gets interesting. A lot of guys step up to the plate. A lot of guys who are two get elevated to one, and you have guys off the bench and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, we didn't even mention the Triple Crown King, Cooper Cup, last year. Wow. And that was after coming off of, in my opinion, the greatest fantasy football season of all time. And that, yeah. and, and that may be a bold take, but he won the Super Bowl, and the dude was <laughs> – he was a walking 20-plus points every single week. <laughs> yeah. But huge injury, the huge – L.A. – and and I think LA deserved that, right? Because thing with LA, win the Super Bowl, you go all in, and then you kind of just have to face the the reality of hey, you paid all these players who had one good year left in them, and now you have to live with the results. I think Cooper Cup's gonna have a great year next year. It's Cooper Cup, dude. Like, and Stafford he- was hurt too. Stafford is hurt, and going back to injury news, he's throwing at training camp right now with no limitations. So he's probably going to be back to full health. That connection between them two is is really good. Mm-hmm. So 
though, I think Cooper Cup's going to be a great pickup. I can't believe we actually missed his name. But, yeah, that that's a really good pick. And another good one is the running back situation in Buffalo. Like, we're going to see guys like James Cook step up to the plate for the really the first time in his career. Like you said, two guys are going to be the one. Hell, James Cook was like a, a two-three guy last year in Buffalo. Now he's the one because they traded Devil Singletary and the some other running back was traded. Zach uh, Moss, a, Zachary Moss. Uh, I think I think so, or maybe no. That sounds about right because I'm I think James is the one yeah. in um in Buffalo right now. So we're gonna see a lot of guys just step up to the plate and see what they could do. Austin Eckler is another really good one. I'm glad you brought him up. I was thinking about him too. Like he's he does it all. He racks up the the receptions and the reception touchdowns, and then he rushes for touchdowns. Like I think every year I see him like top five every year. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's not even top five as a position. That's top five in the draft because yeah. now look, it's it's the evolution of fantasy football. You besides Derrick Henry, you need a running back that can run and catch out of the backfield because PPR for those who don't know it's points per reception so you get you get a point for every reception that the running back gets plus his yards and touchdowns and everything else on top of that but that's why that's why injuries are so crucial with these guys because if if Eckler goes down if McCaffrey goes down Saquon catches out of the backfield right I mean Tony Pollard I hate to put my cowboy input in there but he's a dual threat running back as well these guys are total cool. playmaker, right? These guys are, you know, quick, you know, quick out of the backfield. They can run, they can catch, they can score in in a multiple uh, variety of ways. So I think that I think injuries are huge with these guys. Like they, when you when you see these guys have no limitations in pra- in practice and training camp, that's when I get scared. <laughs> yeah, another good one is DeAndre Swift. He was in Detroit for the rest of his career and. I mean, I haven't been playing fantasy a lot. Like, I didn't play last year or the year before that. I was into college fantasy, which is weird. It's a lot more – it's a whole different ball game compared to the NFL. But I was reading about DeAndre. For, he's going to a very good, like, run offense team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, the best offensive line in football, if not one of the best? Pass protection-wise, but their run but, off – it's not bad either. Like Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, like it just the offensive line is is great, and that might be a sleeper. DeAndre Swift might actually have a pretty good year this year. Right. He could catch, he could he could run like hell. Like that's gonna be a good pickup. Um, I got a funny question. What is your punishment for your fantasy league when someone comes in last place? That that is still up for debate. Um. <laughs> punishments in the past i cannot discuss on here uh <laughs> probably get kicked off of spotify and apple music if i did but yeah no we're we're still deciding on the punishment for this year i will say the one is a shaved eyebrow that's that's up there Oof. but that's uh yeah you don't know how long eyebrows take to to grow back until you have to do it so uh, Ooh, but can that, you uh, I, I i got a question for you 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 mentioned college football how how does that differentiate from the NFL? It's like 
it's such a hit or miss. And I guess it's the same with the NFL. Like, more random names could pop off. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. NFL, the one or the two for the running back or wide receiver, like, they're, they're one of them's going to have a good game. Like, one, but in college, it could be an absolute, like, no name that's just getting the start, and he just goes crazy. Like, I remember, um, it's kind of funny, my quarterback was Brock Purdy from Iowa State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a little bit a long time ago. Like one game he passed for like like a hundred and twenty yards or something. And then I had this random quarterback. I don't even know where he's from, bro. Like wasn't on anybody's radar. I think I think he's Oregon's quarterback, not Justin Herbert, but somebody else. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start him this week. Uh they're playing a tough opponent. I forgot his name. No, I don't think he's even in the league. He rushed for like a hundred yards and passed for like two hundred and had a couple touchdowns, like stuff like that. Like, and with college, it's more explosive if that makes sense. Like, there there's gonna be more high scoring games. It's gonna be explosive. There's gonna be the ball is gonna be thrown a lot more. Or it kind of depends what conference you're really talking about. Because um, talk about the SEC, ACC. Big 10, Pac-12, just um, – I forgot what conference it is, but it's just strictly air raid. What conference am I thinking of? Damn, big, it's – Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC. It might the, be – The Big East. Nah, it's with, like, Texas Tech, uh, Texas – is that – that's not – That's not the Big, big 12. 10, big 12, that's what it yeah, is, Big 12. Yeah, Big 12. Um – like that conference, especially, bro, it's strictly air raid. Like, I like to watch those games and draft those players if I'm doing college fantasy because they throw the ball 50 to 60 times a game mm-hmm. and they throw for like 400 to 500 yards and they just, just bomb it downfield. Like, those games are dead ass, like, like 63 to like. 56 type stuff like it's just bombing it downfield and it's just more explosive like nfl there there's game plans involved obviously there is in college but it's like all right this team this is their scheme we're gonna do this for majority of the game we're gonna run to the right side screens stuff like that college it's just like no the chains were broken off it's like all right just Go score. I don't care how. Just go score. When you say explosive, I always remember that game back in uh, 2020. It was the UNC versus Miami game. And, you know, these are two good teams, right? But I know you said an air raid, but I want to switch it to, to ground and pound. Uh, mm. Michael Carter, who is a running back for the New York Jets right now, and Javante Williams, who's a running back for the Denver Broncos, they were teammates at uh, UNC, University of North Carolina. And these guys in one game combined for 544 yards on the ground. They won 62 to 26 over uh, the 10th ranked uh, Miami Hurricanes. And that was the most rushing yards by teammates in a game in college history. Um, I mean, these guys went off, dude. Like, Carter ran for 308, and Williams ran for 236. Oh, my God. And, yeah, Carter had two touchdowns. Williams had three. I mean, that is, like, between two teammates, that is that is 
unbelievable. Both of them are, you know, I think they're both going to have major success, especially this year. They've got some some good things cooking up in the NFL. But I I, I like when you say say explosive. I mean, yeah. Like I remember, I don't know the name. I think this past year though, an Ohio State running back had like four touchdowns in one game, and he just he wasn't the starter. Ohio State had a had a pretty weird year with running backs like one guy would go down next guy would step up and then he like earned the starting role and then he would go down in third string and then the first you know yeah b- bunch of stuff like that but that's honestly how college is but no I, mm-hmm. I I agree I mean I think it's much more explosive but I feel like there's the the team differential is very bit like a lot bigger in college right like you can take Alabama and they can play some random team from Kentucky and just absolutely whoop the hell out of them. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. whereas NFL, you got 32 teams, and they're all they're all professional teams. I mean, even the worst team in the NFL would beat the best team in college, and I don't think that's up for debate. That is honestly a very good discussion. I, I've heard about that a lot. If you take the best team in college football and play them against the worst. I, th- I think we've talked about this on on the podcast. Maybe, but that that's a discussion for another time because right. I've talked about with my friends and family, and it's a good discussion. But, yeah, with college, it's – like you said, with Ohio State, it's weird. Like a guy could go down, and then you have another guy step up and has uh, a great week or two playing games, and then he goes down, and then another guy comes in. Like it's just – that's what I'm talking about with with fantasy. It's just weird like that. Like you could draft. I remember I drafted Bijan Robinson from mm-hmm. Alabama. And no, he went to Texas. Ro- not uh, not that Bijan Robinson. The other one. Okay. Or maybe I'm mispronouncing his name. Um. Yeah, because he's B- the B- one that got that. Uh, he's the one that got shot. For, uh, oh, this Brian, Brian Robinson, yeah. For oh, it's Brian, yeah. Okay, Commanders so, running back, yeah. Yeah, uh, Brian Robinson. Yeah. Um, I drafted him, and he was great at Alabama, and had a couple great weeks rushing for almost a hundred yards, maybe two touchdowns. But it's Alabama, like they're stacked at every position. Mm-hmm. Brian's playing, and then they put in. A whole nother guy and then he plays great and then he takes brian's spot it's like it's super weird like that which that's not really gonna happen in the nfl as much as you know what i'm saying like it's not gonna happen as much say there's uh the list as Stephen a would say the list is fluid in college yeah the, the the depth chart is fluid right there's a lot of a lot of changes that can be made on any given day any given week yeah, and if going back to ground and pound, it also depends on the team. Like UNC, those two guys, I, I actually watched that game. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is crazy that you mentioned that because I remember one play, dude, I forgot which one it was, but he was running down the left, the left sideline, and it was just this corner for Miami. And he was having a pretty good season. Like he wasn't bad. And he just got like stiffed arms just right into the dirt, just embarrassed. And just scored the touchdown. I was like, bro, this game is a massacre. And then going back to my dogs, I always got to bring them in. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. If I was playing fantasy that year, like the Rose Bowl in 2018, I think both of them, we didn't have 500 yards. I think we had 
close to 400 or maybe 330, somewhere in that range. But it's just like those college one-two punches that are just, all right, this drive, you're going to go, and then this drive, I'm going to go. And then this drive, I'm going to be catching out of the backfield and just rotates back and forth. So college, it's way more explosive. It's just a lot more weird because you don't really know who's going to pop off. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think they treat it as the NFL. They're like, oh, this game, this running back's going to be starting. Right. Like, I, it's just you just kind of figure out at game time. So mm-hmm. it, it's weird like that. But if anyone that hasn't tried college uh, fantasy, give it a try. It's very weird, but it's fun. But nonetheless, I mean, talk about NFL, you talk about fantasy, college, whatever. Injuries, man. It's just, just Back to injuries. sad, just a sad thing that that's happening. Um, obviously, you know, we wish everybody the best in the NFL, and you know, those career decisions, man, it's tough. But Kyle, you got any clo- uh, closing thoughts on injuries in the league? Um. I do see those athletes kind of getting dogged by some people in the media being like, you're at the top of your game. Why are you retiring like this, that, and the other? I'm like, hey, looking at Luke Keekley, like, bro, he was just a killer out there. Like, he was, he was taking people's heads off. He was making plays. Your head could only take so much of just constant, bam, bam, bam. Like, he played long enough to see if he could compete for a Super Bowl. He made it to the Super Bowl, didn't win. Won a defensive player of the year. He's he's gotten everything that he's probably wanted. Like, retire. You made your money. You won your, you got some accolades. You've been to a Super Bowl. You played long enough. He, hell, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. If you want to retire and and not make your brain mush go for it like with chris borland though i think i mean maybe there's more to it but 24 after your rookie season like hey if that if that's what you want to do go for it but i feel like you should have played a little bit yeah but regardless can't really judge them without being in their shoes yeah that's true walk a mile in their shoes before you judge them 